Hello, hello, once again, ladies, gentlemen, fanatics of all ages, welcome to a brand new season. That's right. As far as we're concerned, the offseason has ended. It ends right now, whenever you're listening to this, even if it's in June. Spring training is about to begin, the games anyway. The Phillies are kicking off their schedule with split squad action on Saturday, another game on Sunday, and joining me as always, the Athletics, Matt Gelb. Matt, this is where it starts really feeling kind of real to me. The games are on our doorstep, and we get to watch a bunch of guys try and compete for jobs, even though the Phillies are pretty much set in stone, <laughs> save for a couple of guys this year. And you start to really feel like baseball that matters is just about here and that we've we've finally completed our turn of the corner of the offseason. How, how are things feeling down there in Florida? Hot. I did. Uh, 84 degrees and like really humid today. It felt great. I mean, it felt like mid July in, in Philly. Um, but uh, yeah, they're ready. Uh, they had a lighter day Thursday. They had their annual little golf uh, tournament, which was always, you know, like a big thing here, but they get, you know, they get a, a lighter workout that day, have some fun. And then today, Friday, uh, they had a, they had a really intense workout. It was a long, heavy workout. I think all the guys were feeling it by the end. They're like, all right, we're good. And then they start the Grapefruit League with a split squad. And you will see very, very few Major League Phillies in both of these games uh, to begin the Grapefruit League on Saturday. That's right. We know, at least right now, we know Nick Nelson is set to start the home game against the Yankees. He might pitch an inning, maybe four out, something like that. And Michael Plassmeyer is going to start the game at Joker Marchant Stadium against the Tigers. There is, as far as I can tell, no TV feed for the Tigers game, but the home game against the Yankees will be covered. So you'll be able to see Nick Nelson throw that first pitch at the Grapefruit League season uh, and then whoever else may fill, uh, fill in behind him. Do you have any idea of who we might all be able to watch pitch or, or see in the lineup? Has anything come out from Rob Thompson about that yet? Uh, you're going to see very few uh, regulars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game in Clearwater uh, – uh, Garrett Stubbs is going to catch. Derek Hall is going to play first base. Uh, Brandon Marsh will be in center. Edmundo Soso will be at shortstop. I don't know the rest, but it's probably uh, that's probably it as far as regulars go. Nick Castellanos is going to make the trip over to Lakeland um, for the Tigers game, and he is the only – I think he's the only guy who played in the majors last year who will be on that travel roster. Uh, oh, well, Mike Plasmeyer, he did pitch in the majors last year. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be – it's pretty light to start. They're going to ease into this here. There is only 30 more games after Saturday, 30 more Grape League games, Paul. That's it. Oh, only. Yeah, only. I'm, I'm sure that number is not going to feel like a breeze <laughs> to, to everybody down there. There's a certain point, I think, where we get to the, the middle of March where <laughs> the anxiety and the eagerness start setting in and we get restless and we're like, okay – I've gotten my looks at some of these guys like th- this is cool. It's nice to have on in the background, but I'm ready for I'm ready for some of this stuff to actually matter. And I'm sure the players feel that way, too. Um, I mean, I think they wish the Phillies wish the season started tomorrow. Like, I'm serious. I mean, they I know obviously guys aren't ready, but like mm-hmm. this spring is all about like just nobody getting hurt. And, and of course, somebody yeah. will get hurt because that's the way it works. But like the roster is, you know, all but set. I mean, they could they could have they could comfortably field a roster tomorrow. Like be like, all right, dude, we got 26 guys that we like and here we go. Um, so, yeah. 
I think they would, you know, really, they, they, they were looking to start the season soon, but uh, we got five weeks. Well, while it's not exactly starting tomorrow, quote unquote, we do have the World Baseball Classic kicking off in a couple of weeks, and there are a number of Phillies who are going to participate. The qualifying games start on March the 8th, and the first U.S. game, I believe, uh, is, yes, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, March 11th, and the World Baseball Classic runs up until about a week before opening day. Um, so there will be a, there'll be some major league guys who will appear briefly in a couple of these spring training games before they go off to meet up with the rest of the world baseball classic squads and take part in that tournament for a couple of weeks. Um, any sense of how much work these guys might want to get in or how much work the the coaches might want them to get in with the team before shipping off? Is, Is it any change from a quote unquote usual spring training other than this, this competitive tournament happening in the middle of it? No, I mean, they definitely want to get some of the WBC guys in into great for games before they go. Um, they don't want those guys, their first game action to be, you know, in, in a in a meaningful tournament where there might be a little more intensity. So, um, no, I mean, like, these guys are they're, they're being treated like normal. I really do think that, um, you know, uh, they, they'll, they'll get Schwarber and Real Muto uh, and Turner some at-bats in camp in, in these games uh, before they go off. They don't leave until uh, you're going to really test me here. I mean, they don't leave to, to until like March 6th or 7th, I think. So like okay. they have a, they have a decent little stretch here where they can get into some games, but not really push it. You know, they don't have to play, you know, they don't have to play every day for like a week. Um, yeah, they want to get a, a few looks at them, but I think more than anything, they just want to, just want to make sure these guys are like in good shape, like game shape uh, by the time they go to WBC. And I think once they do leave, like there is a ramp up, right? I think they leave and they don't go right into games. They go to like USA's training camps, for example. Like they're, mm-hmm. I think the, the Team USA is training it uh, somewhere in Phoenix. So, okay. um, or somewhere in Arizona. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you'll see those guys. I mean, I, you know, I think there's some concern, you know, like people are like, well, you know, worried about the pitchers, you know, specifically. And, um, you know, like Ranger Suarez, from what I understand, it's going to be like, you know, 20 pitch outing, you know, like it's going to be like, a t- you know, when he pitches for Team Venezuela, it's going to be like two innings. Like it's not going to be like they're, you know, having to go five innings, you know, and, and trying to, you know, get a win in, in, a, in a, you know, big international tournament game. So um, they, they've been in communication with, you know, with the, with the officials for these countries. And I think there's an understanding here that, um, you know, that the player's health is, is, is the priority. I think that's, I think that's been made clear. So with a decent chunk of the roster leaving, not just for the U S team, but other countries as well, we're, we're going to be getting accustomed to a lot of the depth guys and a lot of the non-roster invitees getting there at bats and, and, and pitching innings for this team in the middle of March. And so with that, I I've gotten to thinking about who, apart from the obvious, I think everybody, you know, who has any knowledge of the Phillies whatsoever is now aware of Andrew Painter's existence and wants to watch him pitch. You know, you can also talk, uh, toss in Mick Abel and, and Griff McGarry as the big three. And, you know, everybody would probably have them at or near the top of guys that they would want to get a look at or be excited to watch go into a game. But as we want to get a little bit deeper into things, uh, there's some more intriguing names in this list of non-roster invitees who, stand differing chances of, of making the team out of spring training may stand zero chance of making the team out of spring training. That's entirely possible. Um, but that still may provide some intrigue in their appearances here in the spring. So Matt, 
what I want to think about, and I'm interested to hear from you, who were like two or three guys who are going to be in camp? They could be 40 man guys or, or NRIs, doesn't really matter, uh, that you're interested in getting a look at in game action when the Grapefruit League actually kicks off and they have a chance to get in games. Well, you changed the criteria on me from where we talked about this before we got on. So it eliminates one of my guys, but I am excited. So I'll just say before that, a guy who's going to be on the team uh, is guaranteed a spot on the team. What I'm really excited to see this spring is uh, Connor Brogdon. I think it's a, uh, I'll I'll start, I'll start Connor Brogdon hype season, I guess. I don't know. I I think, okay. I just think he, um, the confidence he gained in the postseason last year and he's put on a little, he actually weighs, he's, he claims he weighs the same as he did last year. He's just, he looks a little strong. He's got a little more muscle, uh, different kind of weight. Um, he's still real thin. Uh, he probably, he's probably needs to gain a little more weight, but he, uh, I don't know, something uh, different about him, something different about him. And, and he's always at the stop. So very curious to see him in games, but he, he's on the team. So I'll give you three other guys. And one that, uh, now the position player group is tough. I mean, it's, most of the NRIs and most of the guys on the on, on the forty are are not prospects. Like um, they're they're more depth guys, I guess, or even just even organizational depth. But um, Johan Rojas, like I want to see, you know, he played last year with the you know with the new rules because obviously he was in the minor leagues. But I, I kind of want to see, you know, what his style his style of play, how he profiles with these rules. Um, want to see what he looks like at the plate. You know, there's you know some optimism in the organization, but you know some real questions from um, outside evaluators who've seen him hit just don't think it's ever going to really be good enough to be an everyday guy in the bigs um, so I'm curious to see him uh, and then two other pitchers Is that two that I gave you I forgot I know one of them one of them is Andrew Baker mm-hmm. um, and if anyone who reads me they know that I've been kind of writing a little bit about Andrew Baker wherever here here and there hinting at him um, Big time fastball, big time slaughter. He's throwing another pitch now, uh, too. He's playing around with. Uh, interesting, you know. Really impressed. Uh, you're really impressed by his poise. Talking to him, uh, seems to have a really good feel for things. Uh, was was you know became open to adjustments halfway through the year last year while in uh, Jersey Shore and, and and applied those adjustments and they really stuck. Um, he's a guy who I think could be pitching for them at some point in the bullpen this season if there's a need. Um, he won't make the team, obviously, but I'm, I want to see what it looks like uh, in person. Uh, Scott Kingery, <laughs> and I'm not trying to, I will not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to convince anyone because I'm not convinced. Um, but he looks good. I, you know, I've been impressed and I think he's got the right uh, mentality right now. I think it's it's no longer about like, just like, he's guaranteed money and, you know, he's guaranteed a spot in the organization and he's going to, you know, keep playing through, trying to make adjustments. Harder. He is now this year playing for the rest of his career, right? This is the last year of his guaranteed deal. He's getting paid, you know, whatever he's getting paid, but this is the last year that he's guaranteed to get paid to play baseball. And I think uh, that is, can be a very motivating thing, even though he's made quite a bit of money already, you know, he's made by the end of this $24 million and, um, he he's simplified his swing. It started last year. Um, he had a lot of time in the offseason to work with Kevin Long. They were both in Arizona together uh, for the entire winter. And um, I, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna promise anything because like we've seen this. Like we've seen him be really good in spring, or at least like impress in spring. And um, but you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Kingry like 
plays a bench role for them at some point during the season. Um, nothing more than that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is in the majors on the bench for them at some point. Well, I'm, and I mean, you need those guys, right? You, it's a long season. Guys pull a hammy here or there. They get hurt. It's freak things happen. Like you need that depth. And you look at the Phillies and the way they're built right now with the guys you expect them to carry on their bench and maybe the next tier down of contenders, right? You know, Josh Harrison, if he stays healthy, he's going to be on the team. You know, Ed Sosa is going to be on the team. But then it's only really like Cody Clemens for infielders ahead of Scott King. Dalton Guthrie. Yeah, Dalton Guthrie. Dalton Guthrie can play everywhere. Yeah, you could throw him in the mix too. It's not as if he's really staring down a really long climb that he's on the bottom rung of the ladder. He, He sure seems like he's right there, ready to be called up in the event something happens. And assuming, of course, he's playing well. Look, I've said it before. I think it was a month or two ago at this point. I am rooting for the guy. I would love to see him make it back. I think that would be fantastic. You know, the the mental part of this is something I will likely never have to encounter, where you go from um, ascendant on the cusp rising star, getting a a multi-year extension, and then having things almost completely fall apart on you within the span of a couple of years and have to rebuild that and fight your way back up. It's, it's a lot. And so if he's able to turn in some kind of success at the end of this, you know, like you said, he does have the rest of his career to think about. He's, you know, going to turn 29. Uh, God, really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that would be... <laughs> I mean, actually, I mean, I'm like, I can't believe he's going to be 29. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be 29 in two months. So it's like, he does have the rest of his career to think about. His career is not over after the season, you would think. So he's he's got some stakes, and I'd like to I'd like to see him be able to cash in figuratively, because you know, literally, he already has. I I think my most interesting guys are still on the pitching side, even if we're not thinking about you know. I think that's where most of it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, it's on the pitching side. I mean, there's very little. I'm not trying to minimize who's in camp here for them on the position player side, but it's not. Yeah. Um, they don't have a lot of good position player prospects. They really don't. And if they do, they're 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 an A ball, and they're not here in big league camp. Yeah, it's not it, the 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 high level prospects may not really be there, but also the position battles don't really look to be a thing right now. I mean, most of it is is already solidified, you know, and it has been for a couple of months at this point. But I look at the arms that they're bringing into camp, and it mostly it's mostly around guys who I don't really know anything about. Not that I get a good look at a lot of guys who are in the minors for most of a season anyway. But you hear some talk, you read some stories, you see some things and you're like, all right, maybe, maybe there's a little something there. I'd like to get a, I'd like to get a peek at this. So I'll just start with Lewis head. Who's a, a former Ray from a couple of years ago. He bounced around the league a little bit last year between uh, Miami and Baltimore. It didn't really have a great year, but when he debuted as a 31 year old rookie a couple of years ago, by the way, uh, he was very effective for Tampa Bay. Um, He's apparently, I'm obviously learning this secondhand, you've been there boots on the ground, but he's apparently drawing some pretty rave reviews anytime he he comes up in conversation. People seem to be encouraged by what they see in him and think he could play some kind of role in the bullpen um, uh, this year. Beyond him, there are two guys who I don't really know much about. one guy I know almost nothing about, and the other is kind of an enigma, even though we had a chance to get a look at him uh, for a brief moment last year. The, the 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 total unknown is Billy Sullivan, whose name I I didn't even recognize when he was added to the list of non-roster invitees. I saw his name come up, and I truly, I, I don't remember even hearing his name come up in conversation 
um, prior to this. So I'm curious to see what the team has seen developmentally with him over the last season or so um, to actually get him in and get him, uh, get him looking at some of these games to get a look at his repertoire, get him a look at his stuff because it's, it's new to me. He's a 28th round pick from 2017. He's going to turn 24 in April. No, uh, he's well, yeah, he was an undrafted free agent, Paul. He actually, uh, he was drafted and went to, co- and then, you know, did not sign and went oh, to college. We didn't sign. Oh, that's yes. interesting. And okay. Yeah, he, uh, he was, he was draft eligible in 2020, and it was only five rounds. And the Phillies signed him for 20 grand uh, out of the University of Delaware. He, uh, he signed as an undrafted free agent. Oh, that's a good correction. See, and like, and this is, this just fills in because I have, <laughs> no idea about this guy. Every once in a while, there are guys who come into camp or who emerge throughout the course of a season who I'm just like, who are you and where did you come from? And this is in a good way because now you have a guy who could be a pleasant surprise who uh, I, I I just don't know. I'm going into it with a completely open mind. I'd like to be able to see him in one of these televised games somehow, some way, just to see what he, he's got. He's, 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 uh, he's, he's interesting. Like I, I, I've watched him pitch. I've talked to him. Uh, he's he was a huge Phillies fan growing up, actually, because uh, he he went to high school. He's from Delaware, and then he went to UD. Um, he, uh, <laughs> I went up and said hi to him. I uh, introduced myself like earlier in camp, and and uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, I was a I was a you know, I grew up a huge Phillies fan. He's like, he's like, I know you are. I was like, I've been reading you since I was a kid. Oh. And uh, you know, I appreciate that. It was really nice of him to say, but I also felt, you know, <laughs> yeah, really like uh, I, I've been doing this too long now. Uh, when <laughs> when he said that, but uh, he's um, he's Paul. Oh, he's interesting because he's got some real funk to him. And mm. when I say he's got funk, he also throws like ninety seven. Uh, he's got he's got a little he's got a weird he's got a funky motion. Uh, and it and hitters talk about how they it's hard to see the ball come out of his hand. It's not. It's not full submarine. It's, I would say, maybe even a little lower than, it's like three quarters or maybe a little lower than three quarters, but it, the way he whips it around, um, it's not, it's very unusual. And I know, and it, I'm not describing it well, and you'll, and you'll understand when you do, you know, whoever's listening and follow you too. Like whenever you see him pitch this spring, you'll understand, like there's some funk to it. It also has led to some, like some durability questions. I mean, he's, he, he it, it, it seems like it's a mechanics that put, have put some, extra strain on his on his on his elbow his shoulder he's missed some time in the minors um but yeah i mean he was an undrafted free agent in 2020 and now he's in big league camp in 2023 he is interesting they um they're interested and they've given him a new pitch too um he he throws hard and uh yeah nice kid you know there there's one thing that i have this image that i flash back to every once in a while i want to say it was from the 2020 postseason but I, i i could be wrong there there was a, a broadcast graphic. The Tampa Bay Rays were playing in, in one of these games. There was a broadcast graphic that showed the the different arm angles at release for some of the different Rays pitchers and all the different looks that you would get from that bullpen when, you know, somebody like a Pete Fairbanks would come in, you know, versus at the time a Jose Alvarado, right? Like they, they're just different angles, a little bit of funkiness, all by design. And it was a strange kind of, graphic that just made it look like a like a spider kind of thing like it was it was a little odd to look at but i, I think the concept is what stuck with me the most clock clock hands clock face. yeah that's and that's what the phillies... i've seen that i've seen that and try and, and the phillies yes that's yeah something, yeah so they, they yes 
a couple of years ago, the Phillies were pretty homogenous with their their guys that they they would bring out of the bullpen and really in the rotation too. There was a lot of the same look. There wasn't a lot of funk. There wasn't a lot of of different looks, a lot of you know different arm angles. It just wasn't there. It just wasn't present. You know, part of that was a lack of talent a few years ago. But now, if you add in that sort of thing, really, hitters are getting to the point where they can time up really hard stuff, right? Like we're getting to the point where hitters are now accustomed to seeing 96 or 97 multiple times. And this is why you're seeing fewer fastballs. Yeah. Everything is a constant string of adjustments. And one of those adjustments can come in deploying different looks in the bullpen. So if you add in that little funk factor, that by design, uh, either deception or or little extra herky jerk in, in the delivery, anything that can throw off a hitter's timing that much more on top of the change of speed or a change of, you know, eye level, I feel like that can only help you that, that, you know, that's where that Tampa Bay Rays graphic, that's <laughs> that strange mutant of a thing has always kind of stuck with me. So that that's an additional layer to make me excited about Billy Sullivan. And the last guy, my third guy is Francisco Morales, who, you know, if Kingery's rise and fall took place over the span of a couple of years, I feel like Francisco Morales had as big of a rise and fall within the span of a single year last season. You know, this was a guy who had a bunch of helium. He was talked about as, as you know, a potential next Sir Anthony Dominguez kind of impact bullpen arm, somebody who's got really great, hard, firm stuff who can come up, you know, fastball slider combination and, you know, really do some damage. And then the 2022 season happened and things didn't really go according to that plan. Now, because you can't give up on a guy after one down year. Now I'm interested to see how he rebounds. I'm interested to yeah. see what he looks like coming back into this camp, seeing if there's, you know, any noticeable change. You can talk about delivery and mechanics. Sure. But uh, what is he going to be working on? How did, how does the breaking stuff look? I feel like this is a guy who, you know, he won't turn 24 until the postseason, late in the postseason. Uh, there's still plenty of road ahead of this guy. He's got the body for it. I feel like the reports of the stuff, you know, are still there. If he stays healthy and can manage to, you know, throw a few more strikes than he did last year, that this is still somebody who could play into the bullpen's plans. Yeah. I mean, 29 of the teams passed on him. He was on waivers. He got removed from the 40 man roster after the season. And I think the Phillies were moderately surprised by that. I know some people were. And uh, I think uh, he's interesting. He's, working on a new pitch as well. And I think, uh, you know, there were questions about how the fastball would play in the majors, um, not just because of command issues, and he has had his command issues. I would advise you to not look at what happened to him in the final like two weeks of the AAA season last year. Um, it was really bad. And his slider is plus. Like, it's really good. It's really, really good. And they're just trying to figure out what else can they give him. Um, and uh, he's in good shape, like really good shape. Uh, He's in better shape than I think he was last year, and he's in way better shape than he was two years ago. So uh, I agree with you, Paul. He's another interesting guy. Um, really surprised that he's still in the organization, to be honest with you. When he was designated, my immediate thought was, okay, that's a little weird. But then it immediately shifted to, well, they're probably going to trade him for something because he's going to get claimed on waivers. You know, he's he's got the option. He's got, you know, a recent track record of, maybe not being very good, but unless you think he's completely cooked, it felt like somebody who would be worth that risk. So I was more surprised than, like you mentioned, when he cleared, 
and stayed in the organization. And now it feels like a bonus. Um, maybe he rebounds, maybe he doesn't. But the simple fact that he gets to try and rebound still with the Phillies, it uh, it just feels better to me that he gets that opportunity here. And I'm, I'm really hopeful that he he shows some of the stuff that made him such an intriguing prospect earlier last season and hopefully factors into the plans again later on in the year. You know, you mentioned he's off the 40-man right now. It's probably not in anybody's immediate plans. Um, but, you know, with arms being what they are and the need for, for um, fresh guys to come up during the year, it would be nice for him to regain some form and, and show that he can, he can stick around a little bit. That would be nice. Along the lines of interesting arms, and I think we can count him right near the top of, of curiosities <laughs> at the very least. Um, but a total mystery as to how much we might see of him or when or any of that is, of course, Noah Song, who this week was moved off of active duty in the Navy, has reported to camp with the Phillies. Again, he was a Rule 5 draft pick uh, back in December. The Phillies uh, plucked him from Boston, who left him unprotected, probably because they were not expecting him to be eligible, maybe not eligible for the draft, maybe not expecting him to play. That whole thing is is a story unto itself, and you could write a book on that. But Song is in camp and is going to have the chance to show what he's got after three years away from professional baseball. And Matt... I am fascinated about everything to do with this. The fact that he was picked, the fact that he is now reporting to camp on time to get basically, you know, almost a full camp with the team. He only missed, you know, the the pitchers and catchers reporting date by a week, a little less than a week. And we might get the opportunity to see him in a game, depending on how quickly he ramps up, what he looks like. And the possibilities almost feel endless. He could, against all odds, and this feels like a 1% or less chance, make the team. He could simply be offered back and exposed to waivers and anybody else who had a look at him this spring might take that chance. Boston could accept him and option him to the minors from that point, possibly. He could be traded if some other team likes what they see. Maybe they're a little bit less competitive or they're badly in need of bullpen arms and he could stay on the roster for the full year because he would still be a rule five pick and need to be on the active roster. Or hopefully this doesn't happen, but if he sustains an injury during the spring, he could be placed on the injured list. I'm sure the timing of that would raise a few eyebrows, regardless of how legitimate it is or may look. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Boston would be like, are you sure? Uh, but it, it feels like a completely open book with Noah song right now. We have no idea what he's going to look like. We have no idea what role he could play for the Phillies, whether on the team or off the team. Uh, Matt, what, what, what's your read on this whole thing as he, you know, is in his second or third day with camp? And is there any indication on what the plan might be for getting him ramped up? Maybe an ETA for when he could appear in a game. Paul, I have no idea. And, and that's <laughs> not, it, it, I don't think the Phillies have any, yeah. I don't think Noah Song has any idea. I mean, this, mm. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's, Unfair to say this, I man. I think this there is there's no precedent in the modern era, maybe ever in baseball, for a situation specifically like this. Now, obviously, you had players who served the country, uh, you know, in, in various wars throughout the history of our country, and, the, and you know, while baseball was happening, and they would leave, and then they would come back. Vietnam, World War II, Korea. I, I mean, but <laughs> three years is a lot. He threw off a mound once in those three years, and that was about a week ago, and he has never been above rookie ball. He's 25 years old. He 
was a top prospect before going to serve in the naval in the navy and I don't know. I mean, there's just like no, and now he has five weeks to make a big league roster. It's not like he can just like, you know, be eased in because of the rule five stipulation. So I don't think there's ever been a situation like this in the sport. And what makes, what makes Noah song interesting, Paul, as you alluded to, is that is, is, is what he was before uh, he went to Naval flight school. And that is a guy who would have been a first round pick in 2019. Wasn't because teams were afraid of the service commitment and rightfully so because you know, he just missed three years. Right. Uh, he went in the fourth round. The Red Sox picked him. They signed him for under slot because of that service commitment. And he only pitched seven games in rookie ball in 2019 for Lowell. And I actually got to talk to a couple of people who had seen him there. And I talked to one American League scout who saw him and was like, this is 2019. And he says, it was, he, I would have, I was, I turned him in as someone who was going to pitch in the big leagues in 2020. It was that good. And it's funny, I actually talked to Alec Bohm uh, this morning. Bohm played with Song at the Premier 12 tournament in Japan um, after the 2019 season. It was like that winter or fall. That oh. was the last time Song pitched, uh, period. And Bohm was like, this dude was our best pitcher. Like, he shoved. He was 98, and he was polished. And he had just been drafted that year, and he was facing, like, an all-star of team, of, you know, from Japan, like, Japanese pros. And... Uh, so you just, you know, that was three years ago though. And we're talking about a guy who hasn't, hasn't thrown, he played catch when he could, he's thrown from mound once, but it's not like he's out of shape. Right. I mean, like he was yeah. serving the country, like he's in really good shape. Like I can tell, I mean, like he, um, he kept his mind sharp. Like he got his wings. He, um, uh, he was a, 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 a flight officer in the Navy and like, you know, was obviously challenging his body and his mind. So like, it's not like he's just been sitting around for three years and rehabbing an injury. I mean, he, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think he's going to make the team. Like, I, I, I don't, hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, it would be unbelievable if he made the team. I mean, even Dabrowski, like when he talks about it, it's like, look, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he's going to be like when he gets on a mound. Is he going to throw 85 or 95? I don't know. And Song doesn't either. Like, I appreciate him being really upfront about it. Like, he's, he was candid. He's like, I, I wanted, like, I don't know what my new future ceiling is. Like, I want to find out. And the Phillies do too. And like, I, it's, it's a really unusual situation. I kind of laid out all the different scenarios uh, in a story I did at the athletic. And, um, you know, there's one like <laughs> scenario that, I, you know, Maybe we get to it. Like I asked Dabrowski, like I was like, "Do you have any recourse for placing a pitcher on the injured list because he simply is not ready to pitch after a three-year layoff that that wasn't caused by injury?" And Dave didn't really answer it. He said, "You're kind of getting into the technicality of the rules, and I don't want to speculate." And that kind of set off like alarm bells <laughs> for me. So, like, I started to ask some people from other organizations, and I started to read the rules. And there is a rule, Paul, believe it or not, that says if you try to place a player on outright waivers, which is what song would be placed on near the end of spring training, if the Phillies were to decide not to keep him, um, you have to prove to the league that the player has is, is playing at a, quote, accustomed level. He has returned to an accustomed level of playing. 
and this is just to protect, like you can't, you can't out, you can't put hurt injured players on waivers, right? You're not allowed mm-hmm. to do that, right? Right. You know, you have to put an injured player on the on the injured list. You can't just put them on waivers, right? So that's why that 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 is written like that. But <laughs> maybe the Phillies try to argue at the end of spring training that Noah Song has been unable to return to a quote accustomed level of pitching. And it's not because of an injury. It's just because he didn't pitch for three years because he was serving the country and he needs time. Like he, we cannot, we could not, we cannot put him on our roster and we can't put him on waivers because of the stipulation. So you need to let us put him on the injured list without an injury. I don't know if that'll work. Like I don't even know if they would even (laughs) try that. But if you read the rule that way, and I ran it by some people who, you know, the Phillies people, Phillies like don't want to even get into this because like they're they're like they they don't want to even speculate because I also think they want to try to be as above above board about this as they can, and I get that. Um, I I don't know. I mean, like maybe 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 that passes. Now, like you mentioned, like the Red Sox are going to be eagle eye. They're going to be really focused on how the Phillies treat song this spring, <clears throat> and if there's like a hamstring injury that pops up in three weeks, they're going. I guarantee you they asked the league office um, to look into it just, just, just to make sure, even if, even if there is a legitimate injury, I guarantee you the Red Sox asked the league office, the country's office to say, Hey, we wanted to, we wanted to see more of this. We, we want you to make sure this is real. And so any kind of like shenanigans, the Phillies try to pull, like I, I guarantee you there will be people watching and focused on this, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they have something up their sleeve here, but now that that said, like they didn't, they the timing of this, they they didn't think this was going to happen right now, and they got an inkling about mm, ten to fourteen days ago when they checked in with Song. They had been checking in with him like you know every few weeks, I think, just to see how he was doing. Like Song had submitted his waiver about ten months ago, his request uh, for transfer, and hadn't heard anything. And just assumed, I think, that it was just either going to be denied or, or kicked down the road. And all of a sudden, they check in with him about 14 days ago, and he was supposed to be uh, deployed to Japan with his uh, with his squadron. And uh, he, they come to find, actually, Song checked in with them, I think, and said, hey, I'm not going to Japan. And Song was like, hmm. I think he said to them, I, you know, this is kind of interesting, like something might be happening. And then all of a sudden the place like, Oh, Oh crap. Or not. Oh crap. But like, Oh, Holy cow. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, this, this might be happening. And I think they're, you know, they're, obviously everyone's really excited for the kid. Cause I think, um, you know, like he, he, he got his wings, like he served, you know, he's served, you know, quite a few years. And, and I think he, you know, he, he wants to have a professional baseball career. So people are excited that he's gotten to, to serve his country and now also pursue a career. So, they're excited for Noah Song, but um, I don't know that like they were really prepared for this, and so um, they've spent the last you know ten days trying to figure out how to do this, and they don't really know. I mean, he's I've seen him play catch, he's done some agility drills, but he's not going to get on a mound like yet. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know when it might be this week. Maybe he gets on for like a, a light bullpen session to see what's there, but um, it's it's unusual, and that's why like it's going to be impossible for him to make the team. I mean, it really is like it's going to be impossible because he's not even like he's not even. Even if it'd be really hard for a normal anyone who was had he'd even pitched like you know anyone who had been in the majors last year and was healthy and was at his current state of you know like arm strength or whatever and like having not thrown like only one bullpen session before spring training wouldn't be able to make the team. All right, so we have a full weekend's worth of games to get excited about. 
three games in two days. It's a beautiful thing. Spring baseball is back. There are guys to be excited about. There are guys to watch. Events happening if you want a pleasant distraction with the World Baseball Classic coming up uh, a week and a half or two weeks into the spring schedule, which is wonderful. Um, it's a good time to be a Phillies fan, Matt. And I, I'm really happy that so much of the the good vibes, the positive momentum, the 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 good feelings from you know most of the offseason carrying through getting the number one free agent target on their board to you know a, a nice flurry of surprising good moves you know gregory soto who is still yet to report to camp because of visa issues um really just carrying on through and and the bits on social media of everybody having fun it just seems like it's going to be an enjoyable spring and i hope that keeps up for as long as it, it can yeah the vibes are really good i mean it's almost like it's almost like it's still November or October. I mean, it, it, it's the rosters change, but uh, you know, this, the cloud has really been lifted from this organization and, and um, there's a lot of confidence and there's just a lot of desire to feel what they felt last October again. And that can be, uh, be a really motivating thing. The quest starts tomorrow with split squad spring training game. Say that five times fast. Check, check him out on NBC Sports Philadelphia or MLB TV if you can. For Matt, I'm Paul. We'll see you out in the field. <laughs>